Oh, well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Dewpoint Report with your hostess, Margarita. I don't know about you, but I'm still processing the Super Bowl yesterday. And the most poignant moments for me, of course, were the moment when I about fell off my chair. I did actually almost fall off my chair, literally and figuratively. What were those moments, you wonder? Well, I'll explain them to you in a moment, but not right now. Not at this moment, because I have to first explain to you that uh, it doesn't happen very often that I figuratively and literally almost fall off my chair. Particularly speaking, because of the fact that I actually made a cushion to sit on the very chair I was sitting on. So it's relevant to the point that I will explain. And so I was thinking about that this morning, about how interesting the entire situation was. It had to have been a most interesting moment. Did it not? Yes, it did. And so I'll describe that in the next segment. But then, of course, I'll tell you who won the Super Bowl, because it actually was a dynamic game in that it was even tied at a particular moment in the game where one did not know who was going to win because it was that close. But having said that, I shall return to the moment as for now, why don't you listen to your favorite tunes on Spotify? Oh, and welcome back to another segment of the Dewpoint Report, the Digital Electronic World Point Report, as I tell you how interesting it was yesterday, the Super Bowl. Yes, many of you have heard me before talk about Super Bowl Sunday, and you wonder, why do I watch Super Bowl Sunday? It does seem interesting, doesn't it? But... I've already answered that question before many other Mondays. For today, I wanted to tell you how hilarious it was that I almost fell out of my chair. And the moment upon which where I fell out of my chair was most interesting, was it? That I wanted to describe to you, but not in the detail you think I would describe, where I was what I was doing, why I almost fell out of my chair. That would just bore you. But I think it's hilarious that I'm still thinking about it the next day. Why it would be so funny. I'm surprised, actually. But it has more to do with the fact of why we think about things in our mind when they've already occurred. They shouldn't always be so hilarious. 
unless, of course, our brain wants us to be reminded of something. But let's think about, for a moment, the game itself. The Eagles were winning, and then it was a tie game. At five minutes, five seconds, fourth down, it was tied. 35-35. It was exciting for a moment. Now, nobody knew exactly what was going to happen. And for myself, I was thinking, oh my goodness. And I did realize that, yes, I was a little bit close to the screen. But you have to realize that <laughs> there aren't too many choices. So I was, yes, a little bit too close to the screen of the television. And then as the score got closer and closer to becoming what it ended up being in the final score, true. Those of you who saw the very end realized that it became the successful accomplishment of the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl, 38 to 35. Well, it was the moment somewhere in between, not that ending and not the tie moments, but before that, where I realized this was a game that needed more of my attention. But it was within the last 10 minutes. And that was the irony. Because I was sitting on this cushion. You may not find it hilarious as I do. That I had just made. And I had noted this cushion because it has stitchery. Stitch. By stitch, I put this cushion together. Now, to most people, it's a nothing kind of cushion. It's just a little bit of foam. It's not the kind of foam that is insulation, but it's the kind that you find at the average uh, supply store for arts and crafts that is a filler. And then you put it in a pillow. And then... It's washable. So simple. But my point is this, and it isn't the kind that falls apart in the washing machine. It's the kind that's formidable and it stays well together. And it's necessary because this is one of the tiniest chairs. It's more of a stool, but it's not a three-legged stool. It's a four-legged stool. And so somewhere between 
ten, seven, three, and before zero, but not to be forgotten that this is the four-legged stool, not the three-legged stool, because I have a three-legged stool, and somehow that one is not functioning well anymore, which is interesting. So I'm now sitting on the four-legged stool, and if even that one is falling apart, my, my. What to do next? But it wasn't really falling apart. I had to start laughing because I thought, well, if this one doesn't function, what do I have next? And quickly I realized, well, it's just a good thing that there was something behind the stool, the chair. I call it a chair because if I really referred to it as a stool, then I would arrive at the realization that it's just a simple mechanism for sitting Nothing fancy enough to sit on comfortably. But over the last few days, I realized I can't just sit on this utilitarian situation, which is so uncomfortable to sit on. I have to make it comfortable. So I made it comfortable. I put what is upholstery material over this foam thick enough to make it comfortable and yes i call this stitchery pattern the fissures of my life because they are kind of a pattern that you would find around natural existences such as granite or marble natural. It just comes together. It doesn't actually have any rhyme or reason, but it does actually have a pattern. It isn't until you look at it from a distance that you realize that's marvelous. It's truly something to look at. But most people would say, that's not something that I would sit on. But for a person like myself, I certainly would, because the alternative is not comfortable. So anyway, having said that, this is why it was a hilarious moment, because of the days I had toiled sitting on the non-cushioned stool, which is the four-legged stool, which is better than not sitting on anything and just standing there. This was so awesome, and it had not even lasted me the entire game. But there I was watching the game, and I was like, oh yes, I've eaten my two avocados. I have accomplished my Super Bowl phenomena of the tens of thousands of avocados that will be enjoyed throughout the Super Bowl. What more is there to enjoy than to sit on my newly created cushion? My artistic accomplishment 
surprised and realized. On this Super Bowl Sunday, where I have mastered my stitchery, it's an imperfect imperfection of perfect perfection. And there I sat. <laughs> so imperfect. And then I about fell over when I realized, <laughs> now you have to have looked at this, that even my glasses are imperfect. My newly provided healthcare for all glasses are imperfect. They are some kind of magnification out of the 1950s. Because I was told reading glasses of the 21st century must have bifocal, focal combinations. I was told that although I only need them for reading. I should wear them at all times because they are going to have the bifocal combination at the bottom of my reading glasses. So I gave them my O-approved reading glasses to add my bifocal combination to. And I walk around with my beautiful reading glasses that have been converted into teeny tiny, teeny tiny bifocals in the lower regions of the spectacle. And I realized on this spectacular day of Super Bowl Sunday, even I can't see a darn thing unless I look at the lower region of my glasses. So I have to look at them from the bottom orifice of the spectacle. And what a spectacle it became <laughs> at the very moment that I had to look at the very bottom of my glasses. So I about fell out of my chair because I had to look at everything from the bottom of my glasses. So it was only hilarious to myself because it was ridiculous. It was ridiculitis, but not the condition ridiculitis. It was ridiculous and I am so grateful that I was the only one in the room because at the very moment that the halftime show was about to begin there were these knocks on the door and I had gone out of my way to find the appropriate satellite connectivity on my rabbit ears and there's no way I could have opened the door to get to the door which is beyond my door without ruining my satellite 
through my rabbit ears. Not my rabbit ears on my human head, because I'm not a rabbit, though I do wear a rabbit sweater. I know, that's controversial. I will speak to that in the next segment as to why I did not open the door and who was on the other side of the door. Because she was a little disappointed that I did not open the door for her. I could have watched the halftime show. Not alone. Isn't that interesting? More on that in a moment. Moving along to the additional subject that I was talking about, which has to do with how does one get reception on a television? Well, once upon a time, there were televisions that just turned on and one would be able to tune in to channels. This was before the era of live streaming, before the era of specific channels which had specialization of compartmentalized tuning, meaning that subject matters were specialization for channels such as like Home and Garden Channel, the Food Network Channel, the Shall I Go On, where every channel has its speciality. Now, that doesn't mean that channels didn't have a speciality, but what happened over the years is people decided they want to they wanted to just have channels that people could tune into. And what has happened over the years is actually a bit of a travesty because it has kind of put people into different areas where they don't actually know what anybody else is watching unless they start talking to each other. And we realize that we are watching similar programs, but we're not actually watching the same programs all the time, which is a curious phenomenon. Once in a while, we actually watch similar programs. And then, eventually, a few times a year, we watch the same programs. And we realize, whoa, wait a minute. Did you see that? Did you see what happened? And this is an instance, what I'm talking about, Super Bowl Sunday, is an instance where in America we understand that we gather for the football game once a year, which is the grand finale of championship gathering to see who wins the championship, who wins the Lombardi Trophy. But interestingly enough, there are gatherings throughout the year for different championships, different gatherings, different specialities of sports. So unless you have that commonality of interest, you might not actually see your friends or your relatives if you aren't in interested in that particular sport or in that particular hobby. But it used to be that regardless, you were actually watching the same thing because those were the only channels that were viewable on the, what was perhaps a 15-inch screen, a 19-inch screen, or a 21-inch screen 
Of course, in those days, the only way we measured a television screen was diagonally. And the reason I explain this is because over the years, it all became a subscription situation. And only people who were subscribing to the specific specificities of changes of who was going to be subscribing to their particular speciality was going to actually be seeing those particular either shows, competitions, movies, or videos. And that's why it's interesting that with things such as the Super Bowl, people gather regardless. But it is still important to know that there are people who want to still watch it and deserve to still watch it at the capacity of what it means to hold on to these traditions at the very fabric of what it means to have the commonality of being part of the American fabric of society. This is why, as I was describing, the moment that I began to fall out of my chair, what did it mean? What was the significance? Well, when I about fell back, it was hilarious to me because when I looked underneath the chair, the stool as I have described it to you, the four-legged stool, because yes, yeah, sometimes there are three-legged stools, I noticed it was simply the fact that when I went back in the chair, it was one of those moments that I didn't have enough leverage in one of the feet of the stool that it itself created an uneven platform. What do I mean? Well, these types of stools have little sections, components, that allow them to actually adjust. And you can go from 1 to 10. And currently they're set at 7. Each little foot, each little foot of the stool. So I told you there are four. And they're set at 7. And one of them had reset itself and it was not even set at all. And that's what happened, and that's what made it uneven. And had I continued to sit on it, it would have just fallen through and broken completely. But because I understood the sensitive nature of what was about to happen, it was about to fall, I didn't even stay sitting on it. I stood up, and I realized I needed to figure out what was happening. And there it went. No longer a problem, I corrected it. And it was even more funny because of the potential potentiality that could have been worse. But it wasn't a funny funny. It was a, oh my 
goodness, was that about to happen? This is why I say it's a good thing nobody else was around because it could have gone much worse. I could have ignored it and I could have been like embarrassed and oh my gosh, did anybody see that? What is going on? But when the door was knocked on, this is what I was talking about previously, I was in the middle of arranging the sound and getting prepared for the halftime show with Rihanna. Now, I know that's because I'm not actually in the stadium. I'm not there. But the halftime show is a little something unique where I enjoy the halftime show. Now, I enjoy the game. Don't get me wrong. I watch the game. I watch the pregame show. I watch all the little interviews. I leave the television on. I listen to it. I listen to all the spectacular goings on of what has been arriving at the moment for this fantastic game that all the players have gone through to get to the moment that they are going to play at this moment. Because football is one thing, and there are so many other sports that are also important to understand. But what you have to realize is we have very interesting identities as American people. It's complex. Yes, it is. I could say so much more about why the National Football League has uniquely traversed this journey to get to the moment that they did, to get to yesterday, in order to arrive at today, where today is celebratory. I have not even turned on the television because I know that the news are talking about the grand winning of the Kansas City Chiefs. They're talking about Patrick Mahomes as the captain, the quarterback of this team that won. Had it been the Philadelphia Eagles that won, they would have been talking about Jalen Hurts, who would have won. It would have been in that vein that the conversation would have been. So you see, success is success, depending on the team who wins. But I need to tell you and explain that as I was preparing for the halftime show, which is simply to have the music ready. Now, I'm not playing the music. I simply wanted to listen to it at a volume where I would not be interrupted because I know I'm the only one in the room and I don't want to not hear it. And I know that this rabbit ear situation is not necessarily a perfect one because sometimes the channel goes awry and then everything goes away and then I can't even see it and then it's gone and once it's gone it like does not necessarily come back and it's kind of a sad situation because even though I pay for cable I pay for cable mind you it doesn't include sports package isn't that interesting so there are sports packages which are much different so I pay for cable but 
Even the cable that I paid for doesn't actually connect to my television. And so I'm perplexed because I pay for cable, but it doesn't go into my television. It only goes into a little tiny box. And then it goes into only my phone. And so I'm not really sure what these companies in today's society, because we're talking about the 21st century, it goes into my phone. But then when it says, oh, you're out of uh, gigabytes. And so now you're maxed out. You can't really watch it. So I really can't watch cable. I pay for it. So I'm not really sure who is out there enjoying the cable that I'm paying for. Somebody is. Because I didn't actually get to enjoy it this month because apparently there were cable outages for a majority of the time that I paid for it. But suffice to say, I do have rabbit ears, so I get the free channels, which sometimes tune in. Now, I'm not upset, but I am wise to the fact that yesterday I was fortunate to have gotten the correct positioning of the satellite feed on my rabbit ears, not my personal ears, because that's a whole different issue that my earbuds, my Galaxy earbuds, did not want to connect to my phone. They have a whole different issue. Some days they do, some days they don't. They're very neurotic. And so when I had finally positioned the satellite rabbit ears in a way that they were functioning, which happened to have to block the door, I was not about to move them at no expense. Because this game was not going to be disrupted at any, any expense. Especially halftime especially halftime. So I thought, no, nothing is important. Nothing is important. And I didn't hear knocking until I'd already gotten the volume the way I wanted it. And then later, after the halftime, I thought, oh, maybe I did hear knocking. Could I have heard knocking on the door? So I went and I asked, excuse me, were you knocking on my door? And I was told, yeah, actually I was. So there were people knocking on my door. And I missed the opportunity to have shared halftime with my sister. So it could have been fun to have had somebody here actually listening to it, but it actually Surely could have also been a horribilis situation because I would have lost the feed to watch it. Because just in moving the satellite, I might not have gained it back. So, because to move it to open the door, to then get to the door, because there's two doors to get to a door, one door to get to a door, so that's two doors. I would not have been able to necessarily get the reception back, which is really interesting. But anyway, she didn't care that I didn't open the door the first time. 
She let me know where she had actually intended to go when she told me that she was knocking on the door. And that was that. And then she ended up going where she was going to go after the fact. So suffice to say, all was clarified and done. Why am I describing this and why is it such an ordeal to have to talk about rabbit ears? Not a big deal is what I'm saying. Not a big deal. One should not be so superstitious about television channels. They are just television channels. But what we have arrived at in our society is the inability to allow people to watch a simple football game. But for some reason, every time I move these rabbit ears, other channels show up. That's the impossible impossibility. Why not just to have allowed those channels to have stayed on our televisions? Therefore, staying within the realm of our true possibility, we now would have a stronger signal instead of weakening our signals over the years. then I wouldn't have to watch so many reruns of Green Acres or Mr. Ed. Fascinating. Because I have to tell you, some of these shows from the 1930s have already been seen year after year after year, and I'm not so sure they have to necessarily be repeated over and over and over again. That is one for the books, I have to tell you. Who is actually paying attention to all of these shows that keep showing up? But having said that, in the next segment, I will tell you briefly one more anecdote from yesterday's Super Bowl, and that will then conclude this episode. And welcome back. To the Dewpoint Report, the Digital Electronic World Point Report. For the last segment on the Super Bowl 2023. You see, it was important for me to note the spectacular and nuanced moments of this particular Super Bowl because it was hilarious and unusual in its own way. For sometimes I have viewed the Super Bowl with friends and sometimes by myself and sometimes with people who I have not necessarily known for too long. And so it's interesting the different perspectives that one has when they're viewing a game because I'm not a Super Bowl fanatic, meaning I don't necessarily go to every game in a stadium. That's a person who follows the game quite closely. But I do spectate the game from a distance, meaning I watch it on television from time to time. 
And there is a difference because you would think, wow, that person does not know anything about football. Now, probably I know a little more about soccer, football, than I know about football. But I still know more about football than I know about some other sports. And it's a little bit unusual because even then, I do enjoy watching other sports as well such as hockey. But if you asked me to give you some stats, I might not give you the kind of information that you would prefer because it's an interesting thing about people who watch sports meticulously. They can give you the details, which most people cannot. But that's not why I watch the sports. I find the... Sportsmanship. Entertaining. What I mean by that, I should explain. I find that if I turn the television on and I watch the game from the beginning, whichever game it be, be it tennis, be it skating, be it snowboarding, be it motocross, be it as I said, hockey, be it football, be it football, soccer. And occasionally when they do air rugby, sometimes I leave it on rugby. It's the sportsmanship of the fact that when they begin the game, there is something about the beginning that allows the athletes, the athletes, a sparkle in their eye that lets them know they're about to embark on something quite unique, unseen by most, unknown by many, now, don't get me wrong, please. This doesn't mean that sports is the end-all, be-all of humanity. I think that's where people go wrong. They think, oh my gosh, this woman is all about sports. She only knows sports. She's going to be sports forever. Because those of you who have followed me, understanding what I have spoken about, also know that academia is also important to me that I also listen to people who sing, that I have a bit of a critique for each of these that I have mentioned. I'm just as critical about an athlete as I am about a musician, as I am about an actor, as I am about a poet. Because in humanity, we must understand the depth of our existence before having true depth of existence. Think about that for a moment. And so yesterday's game arrived at a crescendo 
when it was tied. Yeah, it did. You wouldn't think so, but it did. Now, one would think that it arrived at the crescendo when the ankle injury reemerged, but that wasn't that moment. No. Those of you that were watching know what I'm talking about. Because he rested his ankle, they taped it a little bit, and then he returned. So it wasn't the kind of injury that he wasn't going to return from. Within a few moments, minutes, more than minutes, but suffice to say, he returned to play. And because he was able to play, everyone knew it wasn't as serious as it could have been. But what do we do to our athletes, to our humanity that we allow ourselves? Because we do this to ourselves as well. And we allow that to become our baseline of existence. And we shouldn't. We really need to think about this. We shouldn't allow injury to be okay. Because we see this a lot in hockey, and we see this a lot in soccer. We allow our athletes to be injured and to play injured because we want them to continue on in play because that's what they do, they play. It isn't play like, oh, ha, this is fun. No, this is gladiator material. And let's really think about what it means in society if we have spectators in a stadium watching people duke it out to the final minute, to the final second for a win. Now, it isn't as gruesome as it used to be in gladiator world. No, not that, not like that. However, we expect that to the essence of if they're injured, uh, tape it up, put them back out there and let them play. But it isn't play, as I said. It isn't child's play. No, this, these are adults. And in the NHL, in the National Hockey League, we see it even more. We make them play on more egregious injuries. We shouldn't allow injuries to be a baseline of existence just because that is what they see themselves as being, that they want to play injured. They have this thirst for pain because in everyday humanity society, we don't expect that. In academia, we don't expect our students to show up in class with a migraine or with an open wound and sit next to a fellow classmate and read an essay. No. There are standards to society and to existing in society. And so we wouldn't want that kind of expectation to be set upon everybody. But when we allow that to be a baseline, 
for ourselves and for others. It's a kind of human internal destruction that we develop an okay with. And we shouldn't. And I say this because what I had spoken about in the previous segment had a lot to do with what we allow ourselves to live with. This my having to move my rabbit ears antenna, because literally it has, one of them has rabbit ears, little antenna ears. They're called rabbit ears because that's kind of what they look like. Little ears. But the other one is just this little antenna that moves around. Looking for the little signal. Once it finds it, you have to hold it for a moment. And somewhere in the sky, the satellite connects to it. And once it connects to it, the television triangulates its position. Well, the satellite triangulates the position, but then the television reception gets better. And if I hold it long enough, then I have a perfect screen for the day. But lo and behold, if it should rain, precipitate, I lose reception. And then it all starts all over. But that's a little bit of sacrifice, one would think. However, because I remember the day when that didn't happen because we had these beautiful wires running through the ground or running through the sky on these poles, which are becoming defunct and extinct. And as a society, we haven't arrived at a solution as to how to actually solve this problem. We are creating a baseline of nothingness for those who don't matter as much. But how many is it that don't matter as much? Before, because before you know it, it will be everybody who is trying to hold that little antenna. And then before you know it, the satellite is going to say, you know what, figure it out yourself. I'm tired. I've got other priorities. I've got to watch this hockey game over here. Because one trillion people want to watch the hockey game. And nobody wants to watch the one show you want to watch. And that signal will go away. And gone will be the days of the rabbit ears and dinner, which should not have ever become the baseline, you see. But someone just decided that it wasn't necessary to have looked for a solution. And so my point is this.
do not let suffering become the baseline. Because suffering is finite, sad and tragic. And the last point that I'll make about the Super Bowl is, and the reason this all connects, is the following. What we have not allowed ourselves to realize is, asking a pregnant woman to put herself on stage in front of millions, or maybe it's hundreds of thousands, but then in front of a television audience of millions, is not necessarily the most intelligent expectation that one should have. Considering the health standards and maternal needs, for one, and for two, what it would have been. Had there been an accident of sorts while the performance occurred, had there not been a risk assessment made of why would somebody put a pregnant woman on a platform that elevates to such heights in a stadium with pyrotechnics. Well, she is expecting. Does that not cause damage to her and her fetus? Now, it's not for me to speak of, I'm sure. They would say, stay out of it, lady. It's none of your business. But what does it not mean that if we cannot have those conversations wisely, when we have all these other conversations so freely, we somehow still find it in ourselves to say, we want this performer. We have so many performers that could have sung on one day. And Rihanna sang beautifully. Don't get me wrong. That was a wonderful performance. But of all the performers that could have performed, did it really have to be a performer who put her own health at risk and the health of her almost-born child at risk? And then putting her up halfway in the sky 
did that really make sense from a liability standpoint? Not to mention the pyrotechnics that were existing under the current health standards of what it requires now to have particulate matter in the sky and not be with proper face mask? Let's just be realistic about how we say things are okay when they're not okay and how we tend to lower the standards for a moment while we raise a glass to cheer. For a moment. I'm not saying boo-hoo, boo-hoo. But I am saying, what is it that we are okay with when we are not okay with something else? Because when the opening ceremonies began, they began with four songs of celebration. Before it got to the Star-Spangled Banner, there was a song sung by children, led by a man. And I thought, okay, was that in lieu of the Star-Spangled Banner? And then an actress sung a song. And I thought, okay, was that in lieu of the Star-Spangled Banner? And then another person sang a song. And I thought, okay, was that in lieu of the Star-Spangled Banner? And then the Star Spangled Banner. But by the time it got to Babyface, which was the third person, I thought, okay, wait, now are they not singing the Star Spangled Banner? Because does that mean that they're never going to sing the Star Spangled Banner, the American anthem? It just meant that there were four performances to get to that performance. But by the time they got to the last performance, it was almost as if they had wanted to try to celebrate so many inclusive versions of a celebration of America, which was America, but was it America? Which America was it? And then I thought, okay, no, that was beautiful. But why did they have to have so many versions of it to get to the actual version? So I thought that was interesting. But then I was perplexed. But then I was amazed. And it was an amalgamation of emotions. And it made me quite emotional. And that's how the game began. And I have to say that how it ended was quite similar. Because it crescendoed at several levels. It did. Because you have to think about the fact that the American Anthem is sung frequently at the National Hockey League games, at the NASCAR games, at the NASCAR races, I should say, and 
there are different sports that have continued on different traditions. And I think there is an interesting fluctuation of what sport has carried on which tradition. But we don't see all sports maintain the same tradition. And you see that. Some do and some don't. Because some are sponsored by international organizations and some are sponsored by local organizations, foundations, so on and so forth. Clearly, there has been a transformation in our country through a conversation that is clearly simple and complex. There's a thirst for knowledge. And on that I will end today's episode on why this particular Super Bowl was unique. And I don't think there will ever be one like it again. I do think This was the last of a generation. And that the next Super Bowls will reflect previous generations, but none will be seen the same. Because there was a lot of nostalgia in this one. Future Super Bowls will have less nostalgia And more remembrance. Because as we have more generations enter the league, they are going to be talking about what they are experiencing in this new National Football League. It will be interesting. Thanks for listening. Margarita, your hostess.